welcome back to another Vox to Vox episode. It's been a while, but we're back for when we're needed the most, and that's Champions League podcast. Jesse, how have you been since last? I think last time what was it February. Maybe end of January. I don't, I don't know. It's been a really long time, um, but we can't resist chatting about Champions League fixtures because it is the best of the best, basically. It's it's our thing, basically. And all of our teams are still in it, so that's a good thing. For now. <laughs> at the moment, yeah, at the moment. <laughs> Got to be the best of it. <laughs> yeah. No, there is definitely a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're in the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League, that's going to happen at the time of recording next week, exactly one week from now. Um, Jesse, you'll be in Lyon, won't you? Yeah, flying off to Lyon. I mean, literally this time next week in half an hour, the game will be uh, kicking off. So uh, it went well for an English team last time I went for Leon, to Lyon. So hopefully uh, same again. Uh, 5-1 win for Chelsea this time. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so since then... Uh, a lot has happened, I think, for every single team we're going to talk about today. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. We'll start with Conti Cup champions, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> so Bayern, Arsenal, first leg away in Munich. Arsenal have found some kind of rhythm um, since that Conti Cup win, I think, boosted a lot, um, which is expected considering how they talked about that. Um, first trophy in four years also, which is ridiculous. Uh, Bayern Munich has been on a good run of form as well. They're getting closer to Wolfsburg in the top of the Bundesliga. So I think both are, are coming into this in with good confidence, um, thinking that they can both can win, I think, at the moment. Maybe Bayern a bit more than Arsenal, but I don't know what you think, Jesse. Yeah, I think actually this game has maybe become the most interesting game of all of them um, because... I feel like PSG, Wolfsburg and Roma Barcelona have kind of obvious winners. And then Leon Chelsea, whilst I don't think it's got an obvious winner, I think whoever goes through, I don't know. Like, I I feel like whoever goes through, people will like create a handy narrative around it. Whereas for Bayern and Arsenal, it feels like whoever wins, it could be a real boost for, for both of their seasons. Um, You know, I think both of teams are in positions where, they can kind of feel like they've had points where they played well, but they've also had points where they've not played as well. They're going up against, in their own leagues, kind of teams that have, in recent history, at least dominated them um, and are maybe kind of looking to to reassert their own uh, ability at home. And it's it's a match which I feel like I really can't, I really can't call. Um, before the Conti Cup win for Arsenal, I think I would have given Bayern the edge. Yeah. Um. I don't think Arsenal have been amazing after the Conti Cup win, but I do think they will feel like going into a game where you weren't expected to win and winning so comprehensively. Like, obviously, that's going to be a massive mental boost to a set of players who I think you could tell had kind of lost some of that self belief. Yeah, definitely. Um. Also, a side note for those who did watch the the Zone preview show. That was recorded before Arsenal won the Conti Cup. And I did say that Bayern would win. And I agree in that sense of before that Conti Cup win, I think it was quite obvious that Bayern were just in a much better form, much better confidence um, that you need, essentially, in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. I think now it's shifted slightly. Although I do agree, Jesse, that Arsenal still aren't entirely, you know, convincing necessarily. They played well against Chelsea, but at the same time, Chelsea 
just froze on that day as well. So you don't really know what Bayern Munich are going to get either. Um, I think Georgia Sanway has been playing really well. Clara Bull as well has gotten into really good scoring form. And it's it's really hard to call. And I, and I don't know. I genuinely, I think none of us can really call that um, at the moment with how both teams are doing. But here's one question for you. Do you think that whoever wins this will go to the final? No. No. I think I think Wolfsburg can beat both of these teams. I think Wolfsburg will go through from the other leg, and I think Wolfsburg can beat both of them. Um, maybe if it was Bayern who went through, they'd have a better shot at, at Wolfsburg, just because they know them so much better. I, I do think Arsenal would still struggle against Wolfsburg. Um, and I feel like... Yeah, I guess the thing that I think will be interesting, like, look, you can over two legged games, like in the Champions League, weird stuff can happen, right? So, so you're never going to like write off any team, I think, any, maybe except Roma. Like, <laughs> otherwise, I would say maybe all of these teams, maybe also except PSG, could reach the final. But I still think Wolfsburg feel on that side of the draw, at least, very, very strong. Fair. I think I yeah. know, maybe do you think I'm I'm over egging that? I know we're gonna no, well, I think I think Wolfsburg have proven themselves overall. Maybe not in the Champions League, considering the group stage that they had. Even though I think that was, you know, you can excuse that considering the group that they had. I think they were lazy because they knew they could get away with it. Exactly. They were extremely lazy knowing that they were pretty much guaranteed a quarterfinal spot. Um, but I think it's it's such a weird one because obviously in, in the Bundesliga they're doing really well, but then you kind of I still don't completely understand them as a team in terms of the dynamics of everything and how it works so well. And it's gonna be interesting to see them against Bayern and Arsenal. But here's the next question in terms of where to focus. I think we both might have similar answers, but let's see. Wins and losses on the pitch of Bayern and Arsenal. So, I mean, the midfield thing is just going to be fascinating, isn't it? Because I think for for both teams, this is obviously what they excel at. Um, you know, I think when you look at Arsenal's win over Chelsea, you have to credit the midfield for how much trouble I think they really caused that Chelsea side. And, and Kim Little, I think, in particular, played an amazing game. And I think if you can get Kim Little or and or Frieda Marnham kind of at their very, very best, there aren't going to be many midfields in Europe that that can really kind of deal with them. Um, that being said, I think Bayern's defence has looked pretty strong, um, at least more recently. I know kind of earlier in the season, uh, they, they struggled a bit against Benfica and against Barca, but I feel like they've really tightened up um, as the season's gone on. And like in the Fram Bundesliga, they've only conceded four goals all season so like to go up against an Arsenal team who let's be real still don't look great going forward mm. um I think that that from from an Arsenal perspective that would be my concern is that I just don't think this Bayern team are gonna give up that much um defensively and that's going to really put a lot of pressure, I think, on on Arsenal to push forward. The only benefit Arsenal have is, like, obviously, I think in this first leg, they they can know that they can go to Munich and kind of just play for the draw. Like, if you get yeah. an in a draw, kind and I think to that advantage, and then get the second leg in. Yeah, exactly. No, I think 
I mean, yeah, the obvious answer is obviously the midfield of I thought Kim Little was excellent against Chelsea. Leo Valti as well. Um, I think you don't for some reason you don't see it as often. They had a lot of space and time to kind of dictate space. <laughs> that, that sentence sounded confusing, but the way Leo Valti was dropping, the way Kim Little was dropping to receive the ball. Um, and then you saw videos, the amount of time that they had to turn around, look up, and kind of drag people out of their positions. I thought was quite interesting. But then you look at Bayern, obviously, uh, you look at the last, I'm looking at the last lineup. Um, it's Georgia Stanway, Zadazil, Sidney Lohman. And then your front three will be Lina Magul, Clara Gull, and Lea Schuller. And that's ridiculous when you look at the individuals. But then what also points me out is that they won 4-0. Georgia Stanway, Lina Magul, Sidney Lohman, Lea Schuller. Two midfielders and two people from up top scored those four four goals. You have Arsenal's goals coming through where you you just there's just no like there's no confidence to score goals as much as you see in a Bayern, for example. Even in Wolfsburg, you have X amount of people that can score you goals at any point in time and wherever on the pitch. Whereas Arsenal, you're kind of dependent on a Stina Blackstenius, for example, um, or a Caitlin Ford or whatever. Um, Jonas is trying to do to put Freedom Adam as a centre forward. Um, which you know what? I'm not like I can see that happening. Um I, I don't like I don't hate it. No. I don't either. I don't hate it either, mostly because of her movement. Um but then I don't know, it's all very complicated. But I am interested. I think that's what worries me the most is that I think Bayern Munich have stronger individuals that can make the difference in a match, essentially scoring goals. Yeah, and I think also when you look at, you know, the experience of some of those Bayern players, and, and Arsenal obviously have experienced players, but I just wonder whether, especially Arsenal's front line, I think what we've seen is that when they kind of start to to freak out and stuff doesn't go their way, their heads go down very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we think about the FA Cup loss to Chelsea, that was a game where they did create like some chances early on, but it was like as soon as they were 2-0 down, it they felt like they were out of the game. Now, obviously in the Conti Cup, they like kind of were able to rally, even though they went 1-0 down in that match, and they were able to score. But even then, you're still looking at three goals, which yes, came from like pressure, but I don't think any of them were like very well worked open play goals. Um, you know, two are set pieces and one is is a back heel from Magda Eriksson. Like Arsenal created those goals by how they played, but they they didn't show. I think that they can that they found the re- the attacking relationships um, to create something that goes beyond forcing your opponent into making mistakes. And I just don't know if Bayern are going to be as susceptible mistakes as Chelsea were. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. A- I think that's all the analysis we need, really, because it is true. Like you don't, you don't have confidence in Arsenal to create their own goals against a top opposition because you you don't see it often. And it is true that when it doesn't work their way, they're either persistent to keep doing what's not working, or they put their head down and that's it. That's the end of the game. And obviously, oppositions, big oppositions in the quarterfinal of the Champions League are going to make you pay for that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Let's get on to Leon Chelsea. Are you less confident in this match than you thought you would be at this moment? Because mm, I, I was, know. I, honestly, I was confident for Chelsea when this. 
I think in the preview show as well, I said Chelsea were going to win. But then now I, I don't know. I felt like it was 50-50 before and I kind of still feel like it's 50-50 because I know people will look at um, the the Conti Cup final uh, and say like, look, Chelsea have kind of not looked great recently, but I still don't think Lyon have looked great recently. They obviously had that uh, Coupe de France penalty shootout against Ram with some very uh, curious goalkeeping uh to kind of let Melanie Dumonet uh get the get an equalizer there and really push that game um and I also think I feel better about Chelsea for them having come out and beaten United Mm. it would be really freaking out if we hadn't beaten United but I think that showed that like which we probably knew right but that this team has a lot of mental strength and for better or worse it's kind of used to having these games where they fuck up um and having to come back from them I think I do think Chelsea's attack against Lyon's defense could like Sam Kerr's movement I think could be quite problematic for Lyon Wendy Renard has no idea what's going to come through she's going to be eating grass again (laughs) yeah I mean like you could you could see it right I mean obviously Sam Kerr isn't going to run at Renard in the way, or necessarily run at her in, in the way that we've seen in the past, say, Katoto do. But I do think that kind of... Um, I think it's quite easy to get into Renard's back. To and to just find back. find the space, you know? I think she doesn't always look... Or they just even defensively don't always look super aware. And I think we saw that in the Arsenal game, yeah. that there there was space. And, like, look, this is such a, a different team, right? Like, there's Ellie Carpenter's back. Uh, Vanessa Gilles is is in the squad now. Marajan's back. Hegerberg, Hegerberg wasn't. I don't know if Hegerberg will play at least in the first leg. It it seems too soon. So I think that's also a big benefit for Chelsea. No, definitely. I am curious to see kind of the dynamic of Sam Guru, Aaron, and Lauren James in how they kind of move the ball into the space. Because I do think that's where it's going to be won and lost, essentially. When you have, you know, Pramoroni, a fine fullback, you know, she's playing for Leon, but at the end of the day, you know, she's not one of the the top 10, let's say, in the world. Um, so if you have a Lauren James dancing around a Pramoroni, it gets across it. I think that'll be more than fine. Or it gets a shot in, I mean, God you don't really know what Lauren James is ever going to do but um, I think Lauren James can get the advantage of a 1v1 situation especially on the left side where Pomeroni and Wendy Renard are going to be in the same space you have Lauren James dancing through making Wendy Renard eat pull him out of position Sam Kerr I think can not outrun but move better than a Vanessa Jills who's still kind of new to to European football in general Ellie Carpenter who's coming back um, you know, she. I think she, she's probably the best one out of the back four, but at the same time, she's been out for so long. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing. Though I am curious to see, because obviously Arsenal's win in the Chelsea Conti Cup final was through the midfield of controlling that space and being able to move the ball much more comfortably than before. And now you have the last Leon starting four in the middle was Marotzan, Sarah Dabritz, Lindsay Harand, and Damaris Agurola. Jesse, how do you feel about that? I don't know. Like, <sighs> Lindsay Harand stresses me out just because she's the kind of player who will 
like when Chelsea played Leon in, in pre-season, we saw it will just like step up and do like a really great free kick and there's nothing really you can do about that. Um, I can't say Sarah de Britz, Damaris and Marajan like really freaked me out. For me, like I think they are all good players and I think they, they obviously can like put together a good game. Again, like I feel like this game's kind of 50-50. But I don't feel like they have the kind of connection that when we're talking about a Bayern midfield or the Barca midfield, like that's like scary good. And as much as I think like, yeah, Chelsea struggled against Arsenal's midfield. I think that was heavily, heavily impacted from the fact that Arsenal had played Chelsea twice in the previous two months, you know, like literally the week before. I think when we're talking about that game, and and maybe Leon will will get that because obviously this is a two leg game. They will have that opportunity, but I do think you know Arsenal were able to have a very very specific game plan for Chelsea based on Emma Hayes not changing anything, which she didn't. And then it's interesting because Mark Skinner does a press conference and you know it's put to him like, oh, has Jonas given you this you know um, opportunity to like see how to beat beat Chelsea and he's kind of going oh yeah maybe and then Emma Hayes obviously comes up with a tote like comes out with something totally different plays uber defensive is just like we're gonna play long balls from Sam and that's how Chelsea beat United so I think maybe that also was a recognition that that Chelsea have to like find something else and they might not always be able to play I mean Chelsea don't really play that much through their midfield anyway but like they might not be able to like get control in that way. And if that's the case, because United have a good midfield too, if that's the case, you just drop off and you chill yeah, out. It'll definitely be interesting with the two-leg tie because I think both Chelsea and Leon are kind of experts at shithousery of a second leg and seeing out a result. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if you would be more confident of kind of seeing out a result away and getting the result kind of playing properly at home or the opposite knowing that Leon can are equally if not better at kind of seeing out a result I mean for me if we get a draw away like I'll be I'll be happy um again I think it will be like a confidence boost I think to get to play the second leg at home um I think it'll be a really big night I think you saw when Chelsea played PSG at Stamford Bridge that there was like almost a more relaxed energy. It didn't have like the intensity that maybe some of the Kings Meadow games do because where everyone's really tightly packed in. And I think you saw like Chelsea players like find the the space to play some really nice football. Um, obviously, like Leon is a slightly different prospect to PSG, but I think also the crucial thing is Chelsea need to play the team like in front of them, not Leon. Because I think if you strip away the concept of Leon and just look at the team they're they're gonna put out. Especially this season, I think you can you can easily strip away every accolade that Leon has. Yeah. And I'd feel differently if Hegerberg was gonna play. Because that makes sense. But I think like looking at how I think Leon will line up, I I'm not saying like Chelsea have nothing to fear or like I'm saying that I think they will go through because yeah, I still think it could be even. I just think like there is no reason that Chelsea can't beat this team. No, I think that's fair considering, you know, against Fleury also they, it wasn't the most convincing win overall, but um, I think Leon are a very average team. And I mean that in a very average UWCL team, 
like they're not as ahead as everyone says and you know like you talk about leon current uwcl champions blah 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 blah. it makes it puts them on on a pedestal that they're not on anymore Mm. when you strip away the trophies they're not ahead of everyone anymore you know they're just within everyone everyone is beatable so when you look at it that way i think emma hayes might be able to get to get the the advantage especially in the second leg at home I think that's a big advantage to to be able to come home and kind of get the win from there but Manny Loipols is back who would be your last question before we move on to Barca with the better midfield um who would be your kind of middle and attack for Chelsea yeah I think attack if everyone's fit you obviously play Guru Sam and LJ I don't think that's the question um the midfield's a tricky one. I could see us playing Jesse Fleming in the away leg for similar reasons as we did against United. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jesse Fleming's had a very good season. I think she's struggling just generally, but I think we saw in the United game that she can be very effective when, you know, she is asked to do almost like the Aaron Cuthbert role of breaking up breaking up play and we saw moments in that game as well where there's one pass she put through to to Sam that was really good um and I just wonder if Hayes trusts her a bit more than Chankovic not because she's Fleming's a better player than Chankovic but just simply because she's been with in the Chelsea setup for longer in an ideal world Fran would be back but I don't think that will happen for either leg Penela I don't think will be available for either leg so uh, yeah I think you go Fleming as the 10 probably and I think Chankovic is, I, I maybe then play Chankovic for the home leg, like just go for okay. those different game plans. And then it's really interesting. I feel like I'd still go Sophie and Aaron as my midfield. Like it's been great to see Melly come back. Mm. And I don't know what like you've made of her performances. I thought she was like fine when she came on against Arsenal in a very tricky situation. Brighton was Brighton. Um, and United, I thought she looked rusty. And she grew into the game, but she struggled early on. Yes, I think especially in the role that she plays for Chelsea and trying to be, you know, higher up the pitch, receive the ball quite a lot into space. I think that's that awareness of space and the tempo of moving the ball. I think you can tell she's a bit rusty. I mean, she has, she's had a, a couple of volleys that look good. That's the one positive. <laughs> Um, but I think also, especially in the way that Chelsea have changed since she last played, like quite regularly, I think she's going to be basically a new sign in the sense that she needs to get used to what Emma is trying to do and the people that are around her. Um, you know, without Fran, without Pernille, the the team has changed quite a lot. She's never played with Lauren James, who brings in a completely new kind of um, dynamic to it. So I think, give her time, but I I thought it's been fine. Um, it is exciting to see her because she is, you know, she's been there for a long time and she understands what Emma wants and what the players around her want. Um, but at the same time, the dynamic between players and ball and and style play has changed. I think. Um, so I don't know if she would necessarily be a reliable kind of midfielder to kind of get a result against Leon. Maybe when you're trying to see out a result, she can be good because she brings that calmness and and everything. But to get a result, potentially not. Um, but moving on to Roma Barca, I think we can safely say that Barca should get this over the line. Um, even though you know I am like Roma, so like they, I think the season they're they're playing outstanding. 
And I, I almost want to see not an upset, but I just want to see a good match. And I think that could actually happen. Like it won't necessarily be a Barcelona rollover. Um, saying that it probably will be, but you you kind of want it to be as good of a match as possible. And I think it could be with the way that Roma are playing. To be honest, I don't know what you think, Jesse. Yeah, I think for me, this is giving like the same energy as Real Madrid Barca last year. And I feel like it could go the same way. Like, I think Roma are a better team than Real Madrid, but it's like the kind of plucky. (laughs) I don't think that's that controversial to say. (laughs) Um, The kind of like plucky underdog like team goes up in there, you know, in, I mean, Roma are going to play in their, their men's stadium, aren't they? Um, against Barcelona and, and maybe get something, but then they have to go to Camp Nou and then they get trashed. Yeah. I feel like for me, I could, I could see the first leg being close, I, but I just think like this like applies to the semifinals as well. I don't know how anyone beats Barcelona at Cam Nou, like it feels like such an intense place for teams to go and Barcelona obviously I think they take a lot from playing on that stage yeah. the only thing I wonder is something I found very interesting last year and, and I don't know what you think about this is that obviously at the time the Barcelona men's team was like very unpopular um, <laughs> and I felt like the atmosphere at Camp Nou stemmed from this feeling okay. of like this was an opportunity for Barca fans to to reclaim that Barca identity that was uh, the women's team had and the men's team didn't have at the time. And But now when you kind of look at Xavi and the Barca team, I know it's not like perfect, but it's better. Much better than it was last It's year. much, much better. And and I, I just, I, I'd be intrigued because it's just something, like, I think it's really interesting. Like, I feel like Arsenal's um, fandom has, has grown in intensity yeah. this year. And I think that's because everyone feels really good about the men's team. And that's why they've got really involved in the women's team as well. And, and I think that's really cool. Like, I love that, that, you know, when people are feeling passionate about their clubs. And I feel like I've seen it at Chelsea, like, the opposite way. Like, people feel shit about the men's team. And so there's like this this lack of interest, but I think Barcelona as a place is is somewhere which takes such pride in the badge. It, mm-hmm. it like it almost had the opposite effect. Yeah, no, I I definitely like I I agree. I think a lot of the support that the woman had in that moment was because because the men were doing so poorly, and you were just enjoying watching a woman play football, and that was that. Um, but I think. I think the positive part about that is that now, especially after that, you know, like the the kit is just one sponsor, you've been able to cross promote and market between both teams. So, so for example, today was the Rosalia kit that that came out that's being played for both classicals, men and women, that they're one week apart, and you're cross promoting it, the men and the women's together in one marketing campaign. So I think seeing that you kind of hope that that kind of support of the men and women team kind of grew and and stayed from then to now. So hopefully, I think against Roma, I don't think it would be as big a crowd. I think we could probably see close to the 50,000 that was there against Munich. 
for example, um, I don't know why I said Munich, uh, Bayern Munich, um, I think it would be around 50-60, which is, I mean, it sounds stupid to say that it's quite low, but when you have a, a Camp Nou at 90k capacity, it can seem empty. But I think I think the semi-final is when everyone's going to come guns blazing, especially because of Chelsea and and Leon, and especially because, you know, you're kind of, Barcelona are almost guaranteed to, to progress to the semi-final. You know, people traveling might be like, I'll save this trip for the semi-final rather than come for the quarters. So I think a lot of that has to play as well. Um, I think that this quarterfinal in Camp Nou will be full, but not as much as you expect it. And then in the semi-final, I think that's when you're going to get back to to that full capacity of Camp Nou. But that's just me. But I think, yeah, I do agree with, I think the men's team doing bad last year helped the women's team. And I think Barcelona have done quite well to keep that interest up in both the men and women's teams. And obviously Alexia winning X amount of awards definitely does help. Um, But no, I think it would be quite interesting. But yeah, I think... Barcelona are at home for both the quarterfinals and semis. I think I think it's a massive benefit. It's, for yeah. them. I mean it's 18 matches won at home so far in the Champions League consecutively so far. Yeah. And I think that second semi-final at home is pretty much unbeatable. What have you made of Barcelona? Because I know when we were talking earlier in the season, like they were doing the Barcelona thing where they were winning, um, but it didn't really feel like they'd actually found their vibe but I tuned in for the Levante game and it felt like they'd firmly found their vibe is that fair from someone who watches Barcelona more than me they found their vibe (laughs) it's it's even you know it's funny though because like even the players say it you know there has been interviews lately that players have been like we started off the season rough but now we're finally back and feel good to be on the pitch and you can tell it's just like Barcelona are that good that they were able to grind out results even when they were playing absolute shite and now you see Aitana being Aitana completely and, and loosely and she said it, I think it was a couple of months ago when she said in an interview that she kind of finally stopped trying to be Alexia essentially mm. and she was just like I'm bringing my own game and now that she's kind of found that in a higher up position then what would it be if Alexia was there? Um, I think she's gotten much better into that. And you have, you know, Claudia Pina feeling comfortable with her role, um, doing Claudia Pina things as you do, obviously. Batri has obviously gotten more comfortable playing higher up the pitch. Um, you can tell she's loosened up a lot more. She's able to to control the ball. And Kira Walsh obviously has time to settle in finally. It was really cute what Kira said about Batri having the best teacher in the world. Um, yeah, that was, was very wholesome. But you see Kira Walsh a lot more comfortable. You see Ingrid Engen a lot more comfortable than she has been past seasons. And Lucy being Lucy, obviously. Um, I think you you finally see a Barcelona side that has kind of settled in and has started playing to their strengths again in terms of the Barcelona way. So I think, yeah, I think at the moment, Barcelona are, are back to being the best of the best in terms of footballing and the style that they're playing. And I think right now they're just unbeatable. Um, and I'm not saying that just because I support them, but you look at them play football and they're, and they're back to where they were last season. And um, Alexia is still to come. In the semi-final against Leon. <laughs> or Chelsea. Or Chelsea. <laughs> or Chelsea. Um, I, I find it really funny how open she is um, about being motivated to play in that semi-final because of the possibility of Leon. Do you think it will like 
it just feels funny that, and I, I felt this with Chelsea maybe with Melanie Lloydbolt, so obviously a very different level. And I know Alexia is Alexia, but when your team's just found that midfield balance, suddenly Alexia is going to not be thrown back in, mm. but, you know, she like is going to get fit and she will start once she is fully fit. And then suddenly you're you're rotating everything. And I don't think it's a problem to rotate those players, but all of that stuff that you've just said about, you know, Patri getting used to playing as an A and Kira building those relationships with Aitana and Patri ahead of her, all of that's going to be thrown up in the air. And It depends how you see it. And obviously, I think this is just our opinion. And it obviously depends on individual players, Alexia and, and Jonathan, essentially. But I think for once, that might work in everyone's favour in the sense that Alexia has no pressure of coming back. You know, you don't have a Barcelona team that's going to rely on Alexia to come back as potentially they were at the beginning of the season because you you kind of found that Alexia hole. Now that they're comfortable and they're okay without her, I think it would give her, it would take pressure off her shoulders knowing that Barcelona are doing fine and she can come back at her own rhythm because, you know, they, they essentially, they obviously do need her. Everyone needs Alexia, but they don't need her in the sense that they're not as desperate to have her back as they once were. Um, when she first got injured so I think it might work in her favor I wouldn't you know especially it's I think it really depends if she's going to the World Cup I think if she's going to the World Cup she'll want to play more she'll want to play a lot more matches than what she would but if she's not I wouldn't be surprised if she just kind of loosely finishes off the season and comes back next season fully fit ready to play back in starting 11 essentially so I think the World Cup might have a thing to it because um, if she's not going to the World Cup, as I said, you rotate players, let Alexia come back in her own time, feel good with her knee, and that's that. I mean, I think it depends on the World Cup, essentially. All right. Interesting. Um, okay, last fixture. Wolfsburg, PSG. They're playing in Paris for the first leg, Wolfsburg for the second. I kind of feel like... This is like Barcelona Roma levels, but maybe that's unfair on PSG. It's just obviously I saw Chelsea play them twice, and I I can't even explain looking back on how boring that group stage was, where I had to put, watch us play PSG twice and Real Madrid twice. Like just dire games, like that just dire awful. games of football. Yeah, um, that was bad. I don't know. P- I mean, PSG are just. A shit show on every single level possible. I think that's always been like that. But you have Grace Kyoto playing like center back in the last league game. Yeah, it's like quite a weird set of things going on there. I mean, I like, I do think they've obviously adapted pretty well. I don't think they've adapted badly to Katoto getting injured. Like, that is obviously a really big blow. But I think Diani's been pretty good at the nine. But I still think she's a lot easier to mark out of games. And I think Chelsea found it pretty easy to to marshal her. Um, I think Baltimore's been good without being at the level we've seen from her in the past. I still don't know if they've quite got that, like, midfield mix right. Um Elise Almeida, as much as I love her on a personal level, is not a Champions League level footballer, in my opinion. And you have Sarah Bardi in goal. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. She's not a Champions League level goalkeeper. There's reports that Ashley Lawrence is leaving at the end of the season, which will obviously be 
a big blow because she must have been one of the players who's been at the club for like the longest period of time who's not years. from Paris. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of like also speaks to maybe this feeling of change with the club. There were rumours that Pressure was going to like be tapped up for this French job, but then maybe he's not. I don't know. All of it just feels like this whole season for them has been a bit of a nothing season. Yeah, I think their season is almost written off. Um, they they are one point away from Lyon at the top of the table, and they still have to play each other in Paris. Um, so potentially their league campaign might still be on, but I think in terms of Champions League, and their league campaign is only on because they were able to win uh, against Lyon at the beginning of the season, and they didn't deserve to win. Yeah, exactly. Like it was a, a very scrappy win, and they've maintained. I think they've gotten lucky that Leon have also dropped points along the way because yes, mm. you have dropped points that they should not have dropped. Um, but I think UWCL campaign. I think they're not at the level um to compete with anybody, and the way that Wolfsburg are playing with the confidence that they're playing with the players. Oh, no, beaten by Hoffenheim. Yeah, but Jesse, you love Hoffenheim. You know what Hoffenheim are capable of. Yeah, they haven't been very good this season. <laughs> no, they haven't. To be fair. But what do you look at? I mean, I would trust Elwa Bayor, Joe Ward, Svenja Huth, Alex Pop to get at that PSG defense quite easily. Yeah, I, I think I think I think they'll have a problem. No, and then you have Lena, like Latwin and Oberdorf. I think will be able to kind of control whatever weird attack is going to come from PSG's midfields. And I don't know. I think. Your your nemesis fell it out. Can she do with a watered down Baltimore and Lake Martins? Yeah, I I think they'll be fine. Like I just I think it's it's especially PSG's defense. I we saw how much kind of Chelsea's not even like particularly intense press, like half hearted press yeah. freaked them out. How Lauren James like her pace they struggle to deal with like Wolfsburg have all of that in absolute spades like if you're looking for enthusiastic talented young attackers to run around Wolfsburg can find you about like four to put on the pitch and then you've got like the experience and quality of a Huth or a Pop like on top of that are you naming that then you have Jan Sadir, Tabea Vazmuth and Yule Brand on the bench that's stupid plus yeah plus Lena Oberdorf to mop anything up like yeah I think Wolfsburg are going to run circles around PSG, essentially. Yeah, I feel like this will be quite comfortable for Wolfsburg. I would assume so. Um, watch us come <laughs> in, in, in great regret. If PSG do win, it will be in like the most boring, Scrap- yeah. scrappy way possible. So, um, I think Wolfsburg should be fine. So, are we... Okay, so... Do, do you want to do predictions for the first leg? We'll go with just the first leg because I think the home advantage for some of these might be a a kind of telling part of it. Okay. Right. Bayern Arsenal. I think I'm going to give Bayern a 1 0 win. I was going to say that, Jesse. Oh, sorry. <sighs> give Bayern a 1 0 win. <laughs> that just means we must be, you know, really certain it's going to be a 1 yes. 0 Bayern win. Well, I think, yeah, I think my thought process was everything that we said, essentially, that it's just going to be such an even match. But I think one goal at home might just give them kind of the confidence to see up the game. 
like I'm, I'm not saying they're gonna do it purposely they're not gonna like score one goal sit back and control the game but I think when Byron score that goal I think they're gonna keep possession of the ball yeah uh, I think they'll find something like that. Roma Barca I'll go 2-1 Barca okay I um mm. I go three uh, three or four. Thank God I said I was gonna be a close game. You know what? No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four two for Barca. Four two? Oh fun. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna be like a fun game like that. Right. Four two for Barca. Uh Leon Chelsea. I'm gonna go one nil Chelsea. Really? Yeah. Low scoring game? I think it's easy to forget because Chelsea in recent Champions Leagues have been a bit chaotic. But before Chelsea ever reached a Champions League final, they did quite well at grinding out, like, draws and um, losses or wins by just one goal against much better opposition. Um, Like, the last time Chelsea played Lyon, like, it was tight. It was really, really tight. And Lyon were a lot better than they are now. And I just think... The United performance showed that Emma Hayes is ready to tap back into that version of herself. I feel like she got carried away with the players at her disposal to feel like she'd maybe become a more free-flowing manager than she is. And I I got a feeling we're going back to Emma Hayes' roots for this game. I I kind of want to go for... There's two chaotic results that I want to say, but I don't know what kind of chaos... Chaos, chaos. I don't know if I want to go for a chaotic result period or a chaotic result to produce more chaos in the second leg or if I just want to go for a high-scoring chaotic result. What do you think is more likely? I think probably the former is more likely than the latter. Okay, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Leon. Okay, interesting. It's going to be the shittiest goals ever. But I think Leon might be able to push for an extra goal at home um, and kind of knock out, not knock out, but like just like close out Chelsea after that. I'm very intrigued as to what the vibe's going to be like because that game against Arsenal was so dead. And I don't think this one's going to be particularly lively. And I think that might also be a big boost for Chelsea. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's definitely true. But yeah. There's no argument against that. Um, PSG Wolfsburg and Paris. Mm. I'm going 2 0 for Wolfsburg. That's what I was going to say. Look at us. <laughs> We're so in sync today. I know. Yeah, I, I think I think this will be like, I don't think PSG are the kind of team who are going to like give up loads and loads of goals. Like, I think we saw that even against Chelsea. And I also think Wolfsburg won't feel the need to overextend themselves. Yeah. I think the home advantage also, um, if all their ultras show up, I think PSG have gotten really comfortable playing in that in that stadium. Um, oh, this is also the game where Wolfsburg have Bayern in between the two as well. I yeah. got this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think Wolfsburg will like go like they'll win, but they'll go Quite easy. Easily, yeah. I think yeah, I think this game against Bayern might be slightly more important than the first leg against PSG. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably a low scoring game with everything coming to the mix because yeah I think that Bayern match might be um a bit more challenging let's put it that way yeah potentially um, all right so Bayern went at home Barcelona went at Roma 
Chelsea win at Leon. I say Leon win at Leon. That's and the only one where we're divided on the result. I know. I yeah. I don't know. After what Leon did to Arsenal in the second leg, even though it was not supposed to stand that ball, um, that's when you see that they can. They don't really they care. They can grind something out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. So this was the preview show for the women's Champions League quarterfinals that um start next week. Uh, nervous, Jesse, or are you just ready to? No, I'm really shitting re- myself. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, I've never like done a Chelsea European away day. Oh no, that's a lie. I've done PSG. I've never done like a knockout like Chelsea mm. away day. So I feel like a bit different, doesn't it? It is different. Like it's like it, it's scary. Yeah. I think it's gonna be nice for to have the second leg at home. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think, I think yeah. unless I think... we've got trashed in the in the first leg, then it will be shit vibes. I could see a Chelsea comeback, even though I think Maybe. Chelsea would be able to grind out a comeback at home. Chelsea as a club do funny things in the Champions League, so yeah, yeah. you can hope for chaotic um, results, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll record in between before the second legs. Um, I think the results could be quite interesting and would potentially change everything that we said in this episode. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, for now, thanks for listening and see you next week, uh, 10 days from now, probably exactly. Uh, let's see how this goes.